Hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of the Glowing and Growing Podcast. I'm your host, Zaria, and on the Glowing and Growing Podcast, we talk about all things that make you feel a little bit vulnerable. Topics that are probably not even mainstream, but if they are, let's talk about it. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. (laughs) All right. So, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Glowing and Growing Podcast. My name is Zaria, and I really hope you enjoy your stay here. So, today, we have a special guest. We have Michelle Cox. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here problem i love that you're here as well so i know that you are a six-time author and i'm really excited for you to talk about your three d's as you like to call it your journey from being visually impaired to finally you know being successful so are you ready to talk about it yeah open book talk about whatever you want (laughs) all right so can you talk about your your journey like a small part of it well a journey is a journey so i guess the place the best place to start is from the beginning (laughs) (laughs) definitely (laughs) um always gotta have a beginning i was born in Texas, um, Houston, Texas to be exact. I'm not sure where you're coming from or what your, where your audience is at, but I was born in Houston, Texas uh, when I was probably, and I was born in November, so it was around the ho- early November, but still getting close to the holidays. And so my mom was decorating the house and the way the story was told to me that once the tree was up, she would put me by the Christmas tree because that would make me less than I don't know, between a month and two months old, and you would think, you know, a baby or an infant would notice the lights or the stimuli of it, but I did not, so she thought it was strange, and something must be up if I couldn't notice the bright Christmas tree lights, so they took me and got, find out what was going on, and uh, come to find out when I was three months old, after my pediatrician recommended me, I guess to a specialist in Houston at the time, that I was born blind, Uh, totally blind. And then for my family, um, we're a family of faith, uh, the Christian faith. And so we believe at seven months old, we, I was given my sight for the first time, um, where I could see now via it be impaired or, you know, not complete throughout my whole life, but I was in fact able to see from where I was not able to see at all to having some vision that was impaired and so that's the beginning of my journey and what I call the first D uh, a disability lifelong disability because like I said I was that way from birth and will be my whole life and it's not correctable so it is permanent and it is all I've ever known and it's all I've ever done I've never had a day or a breath where I wasn't so it's it's what I do so 
thank you for answering that. That was a very, very interesting story and very inspiring considering the fact that you are, you know, so successful right now. And can you tell us um, the impact that God has on your life, if you don't mind? Oh, I don't mind at all. No, he has completely had an impact on my life. I've been, um, like I said, grew up in a Christian home, you know, a faith home. Um, I've been around it my whole life, but I remember um, becoming of my own choice a Christian when I was five years old and got baptized when I was six. And so I've been a believer longer than I haven't, and I don't remember much of that life before that because, like I said, I was five. I mean, I don't know how many people remember a lot before they're five anyway. <laughs> um, and I know that I would not have been able to do what I've done if it wasn't for him guiding me and allowing me, first of all, the ability to see, even though impaired. And just about every struggle or tribulation I've gone through, I know I wouldn't still be here and able to do what I do if it wasn't for him in my face. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I am also a Christian myself, and I just love hearing other people's journey to get to where they are. Yeah. And so I know you have a book called Living the Beached Life. Would you like to talk more about that? Sure. Uh, That I wrote last year, and it came out... um, I think it was July of 2020 and after COVID and it's all started running together <laughs> I think for most of us but what happened was I was at the beach uh, North Carolina beach somewhere I don't remember exactly what town it was um, summer of 2018 on a family vacation <clears throat> I've always loved the beach I've always been a beach girl I uh, can't wait to my beach vacation this summer I'm counting down the days um <laughs> And I was in the water uh, with my daughter. Um, she likes the waves like I do. Um, and I get very reflective and kind of just introspective, you know, and just very observant at the beach because I feel at peace there, like very serene. It's like my happy place, you know, very calm. And I started seeing how all this could relate to life, like all the things that we do in the beach and how it might be lessons we could learn. And so I had the outline literally come together in my head in like 20 minutes. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm in the waves. I'm nowhere near where I can write any of this down. Please let this stay in my brain so I can, like, get to the condo or wherever and write it down. And then when I got home, I, I um, transferred it to my computer and started writing it. So, I think that's one thing I like about creativity. And when people are creative, it's like you can get inspiration from anything and anywhere and anytime. And it's just so interesting and intriguing to me of what inspires people and what sparks their creative flow, you know? Definitely. I I definitely understand that. But that's so cool that you were able to develop the outline on the beach. I find that very interesting. Yeah. It's the way my mind works. It's just, I couldn't make it do anything different even if I wanted to, which I don't, but I'm just saying it's just the way it works sometimes. (laughs) I understand the mind of a creative. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, would you like to talk about um, how you how you were able to? No, let's talk about um, 
your family life. So I remember you saying that my family um, life growing up or my family life now as an adult. As an as an adult, because okay. I remember you saying that um, you you went through a divorce and then your um, the person that you fell in love with in the end you know died at a later date so definitely talk about that and the lessons that you would give to other people well um i graduated from college in 2001 and you know like a lot of people you the person you date in college you get married right after getting out of college and we did and that was an interesting chapter um that had very interesting details to it as far as not what most people would ever go through and it just he couldn't do what needed to be done to allow the marriage to be what it needed to be done uh, be so I decided to walk away from that situation in 2004 and it was final in 2005 and then um that same year after the divorce was legal I met the my chapter my next chapter um not necessarily because I had, was newly divorced on paper, but I hadn't been with my first husband in almost a year. Because and where I lived at the time in Louisiana, where I live now again, you had to be legally separated for six months. So we hadn't been together for almost a year, even though only divorced for three months. And I'd done counseling and a program called Divorce Care and all that jazz to kind of help me deal with it. And I, you know, had a year almost to myself figuring out who I was and what I wanted and where I was going in life after that and so I met the next person um and he was wonderful and it was what was next was supposed to be and we dated for two years and then we got married in 07 and then uh we moved to New Hampshire because of his military career um and we were married for almost 10 years when uh life gave me another plot twist (laughs) April of 2017 and we're coming up on almost four years uh, in a few weeks Um, and it was sudden and unexpected and so life changed again and I was 26 hours away from all just about all friends and family I had a few friends in New Hampshire still do um, that are very uh, dear friends but my main support and everything in my bigger sphere of tribe you know and friends and people were um, in Louisiana and so I knew because of my, it would be better for my kids. Uh, not that anything here that they've ended up having and establishing as their new life as well would have replaced their father and my husband, but I knew it would be go a long way of helping them through this. But also because of my vision, one of the main things is I can't drive. You don't want me driving. <laughs> not a good <laughs> idea, okay? stone cold sober all the time but still not a good idea I mean you would think the way I would drive because of my vision I was drunk but I'm not and it's just not a good idea legally blind and driving don't mix not good for anybody so I needed to be around a place where I had a lot of options do you know what I mean be able to do my life and and get things done you know it's kind of a big deal when you can't drive can't go nowhere (laughs) you need help to get those things done you know you still gotta do stuff. It ain't gonna do itself. There's no <laughs> magic wand or fairy dust. So anyway, I decided to move us back to Louisiana from New Hampshire that summer and get our life established here. And we've lived in Louisiana ever since. Now I lived in Louisiana prior 
to that, which is why I have such a good support system because my family, when I was a kid, in the year of 88, when I was almost 10, we moved to Louisiana and lived there ever since. So I lived in Louisiana 19 years before um, moving to New Hampshire. So that's why I had a lot of people here that I knew could help me. And so that's another reason why we moved back. And then my kids and I've lived here um, ever since uh, summer of 2017. And um, it's been hard I'm not gonna lie there's been challenging days some days are better than others um some days you're more at the end of the spectrum of this really sucks and then the other days you're closer to being on maybe this is okay as best as it can be considering you know under the circumstances but we're almost four years out in some ways it's easier in some ways it's not but it's still hard and it always will be I mean Grief and loss is a continuing, never-ending journey in some respects. Now it evolves and changes, but it's still always there, and it's never goes away, and it you'll always be changed because of it. As far as what I've learned, uh, let me preface it with this. I feel like I knew some of these pieces long before the grief journey just because of what I had to do in life because of my disability. So I think I always knew some of this. But because of the grief journey, it kind of reinforced and really made it even more important now more than ever, if that makes sense, than it was before. Um, The four things I would tell people, and I've been talking about this a lot with people, is first of all, life is a choice. Now, let me explain that. It's a choice in the sense of what you do with it. You may not be given the choice in your circumstances, like I didn't choose to be you know, disabled my whole life. I didn't, yes, I chose to walk away from my first marriage, but I didn't choose what caused that not to work. Uh, that was on him. And I didn't choose to lose my husband, uh, the love of my life at 38 and the father of my children who were six and three at the time. And now they're seven and 10. So they were young, um, pretty young in life to have to go through that. But like an artist who's given a canvas or hired for a job they're told what materials you'll use or what you have to do your art on but here's the deal once you're given that canvas you get to decide how you're going to portray what you're wanting to paint that's what you're in control of so while i didn't get a say in these circumstances of my 38 triple d disability, divorce, and, you know, death or loss of husband, I do get to have responsibility and choice in what I do with it and how I shape my life. That is my responsibility and that is my choice. And I don't always get it right. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers. I'm not claiming to. But what I am here to do is to share what I have gained and what I have learned and what I've experienced to hopefully encourage and inspire others to figure out their own journey, whatever that is they may be traveling through. So the first piece is life's a choice and you got to choose it. And it may be hard. It may be a a challenging choice and I'm not taking that from anyone, but it's still a choice at the end of the day. We still get to make that choice. So keep that in mind. And then the second piece for me is mindset, which also goes back to being a choice because we all have, feelings and thoughts that we process and go through our minds but we get to choose how we view those thoughts and feelings and what we do with them we can choose to either stay what 
process because we do have to process everything and those not so good or nice positive feelings or we can choose to try and be more positive and look for the good is it easy is it always good no but there's always something we can look for and see the what's the word I'm looking for the the good things or the joy and choose gratitude and kind of like the choices are you going to be positive or negative are you going to half empty half full type perspective and your mindset that you choose to have can really no matter how hard it might be and I think that's the piece I've struggled with the most and some days I do better and some days I don't but knowing that I have a choice in how to see that and do that and process that and what to stay with is in that my mindset whatever it is I choose can really be a game changer your mindset and the way you view things can really help you stay on the course you've chosen to pursue what you want to pursue and create the life you want to create. Our mindset can help us to maintain the choices that we choose to get where we're going because we are made of our choices and our choices make us who we are and what we choose can take us different places. So that mindset can be key in helping to achieve what we want through what we choose the third thing would be for me is self-care now this is a tough one too I think for a lot of people right now especially for women I mean I'm sure for guys too but obviously I'm a girl so I can speak from a woman's perspective I speak on a man's (laughs) perspective I ain't one so that's up to the fellas to talk about but I know as a woman especially because we're so busy and have so many hats we wear and so many roles we fill and all the things we do, mother, wife, sister, aunt, maybe, um, friend, co-worker, whatever, fill in the blank, daughter, maybe sister-in-law, you know, or daughter-in-law, whatever, that we have so much we do that's required of us so that we want to do for our loved ones and take care of and do all the things that I think sometimes we either forget about ourselves or think we don't have time for ourselves, and think of it as like we're a well we're only so deep and have so much water and if we're always happily giving out water to everyone we're eventually going to run dry and empty and not have any more left to give so what sometimes it's hard to think about what the self needs and it seems like it would be selfish it's really not if you're protecting yourself and attending to your needs so that you're always rejuvenated and refreshed and refueled so that you can keep doing all the things you want to do and need to do and happily do because eventually if you don't you're going to be burned out and worn out and whatever else and all the things and not be able to be useful to anything or anyone so self-care could be a really broad topic it's the whole spectrum of anything that one person can do for themselves it's taking a few minutes or a little time to stay focused on what you need as an individual yourself and the care of your needs and individuality uh, needs to be okay and maintain and do what you need to do. And however you do that, which can be through a myriad of things, um, and it can change depending on what you're going through in life and what is required at the time. Like, I remember being a young mom and what I needed then versus what I needed now are totally different. I mean, when I was a young mom with a, a newborn or a toddler and a newborn, I was hoping, dear God, please just let me get a five-minute shower, Okay. <laughs> Or get an accent, you know, like, <laughs> can I at least just brush my teeth or pee in peace, please? You know, 
life for women look very different when you're a young mom or with young kids versus okay my kids like I said they're older now so um I just I get a lot of free time when they're at school so I don't need as much as that you know what I mean now I might be I need to go out with my girlfriends on the weekend because I need friend time so then it's different our lives evolve in different phases and stages require different things but I still find ways to do self-care for myself like um if I need a nap, I go take a nap. Or, you know, if I want to do some meditation or prayer or whatever that thing is for whoever that is, then do it. And I will say this, as much as I struggled with that when I was a young mom, not only because I was a young mom, but I had the brilliant, brilliant idea of, oh, yay, you have an eight-month-old. Let's go start grad school. Doesn't that sound like fun? Not. I don't know why that timing was such a brilliant idea, but I survived it. So, yeah, I did grad school with a, my daughter when she was starting eight months old until she was five and then our son was born while I was in grad school so most of that time I had two kids a toddler and a young infant so it was interesting but by the time I was out of school in 2016 they were five going on six and uh, two going on three um I had to do the math for a second sorry (laughs) long time ago um (laughs) But, and I struggled with that then because I always felt like I was tearing myself between either needing to do housework or schoolwork or being with the kids or my husband and rather to have family time or if I was doing one, I was neglecting the other one and what was falling through the cracks. So I did it a lot then and I struggled with that. And even if I did allow myself, I felt guilty because I was like, if I'm taking a few minutes for myself as I should, there's nothing wrong with that. What else should I be doing? What else needs to be done? Like, what? okay, what's going on that really needs attending to but I promise you I learned it's not going anywhere it'll be there when you get done <laughs> it's I promise the laundry and the dishes and the whatever else fill in the blank are still going to be there after whatever you do for yourself for a few minutes now I will say that on the journey of grief on my more recent journey um for anyone who's going through this journey um journey makes you do self-care whether you want to or not or you won't survive it as easily or as well you won't travel it as well if you don't do self-care. It will make you t- do self-care whether you like it or not. Um, and I've found ways where it absolutely no longer became an option. It be- became the difference between sanity and insanity and feeling like I was holding my head above water when doing self-care. Like, Because grief is such a whole other animal and journey and it affects you on all levels and all areas of life that it's encompassing and um, it just engulfs everything and it's not because you're not managing right it's just that's how it affects people now everyone's going to handle it different and it's going to affect people in different ways but that's just the journey of grief it's the way it just affects you and how you manage that can be done maybe better or more well depending on what you do for yourself and grief as hard as it may be you have to do self-care it will really make the difference between your sanity and insanity and how you're able to navigate the waters of this journey and grief requires you to be and should allow you to be really really more than usually I mean I hope you're always kind to yourself and whoever's out there listening but you have to be even more so, more than ever, kind and gracious to yourself in grief. 
and allow yourself that room and freedom to just navigate that this insanely difficult journey. So yes, I discovered the ability to do self-care and not worry about it so much after losing my husband. Um, and then the fourth thing after choices and mindset and self-care is whenever you are stuck in life, whatever you're stuck in or difficult season you're walking through, don't be afraid to get resources to help you figure it out, whatever that may look like for you. It may be a support group. It may be counseling. It may be friends or family or church or faith or other things, just whatever that is for you. Don't be afraid to reach out. We all need help sometimes. We're not an island. Those would be my four major things that I think really apply to just about anything anybody could go through in life and that have across the board have been what's been most beneficial and helpful to me in all three of my situations that we're discussing of my 38 triple D disability, divorce, and death of my loss of my spouse, my husband, and doing what I have to do now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your your story, your life story. I really loved your transparency in saying, you know, your truth that, you know, life is a choice and the importance of switching your mindset and self-care and the whole aspect of balancing that and family and friends and also, you know, the the tips that you shared for, you know, grieving. It's it's all really important and I'm really grateful and you know thankful that you you know went so in depth because this is something that I mean it's talked about but it's not as it's not one of the most spoken things it's in not. society and why a lot of people are yeah, left and it's kind of just figure out how to swim through the waves of it because no one really talks about it and even if they did unless they've gone through it quite honestly they don't know what the heck they're talking about and don't know how to really <laughs> relate to it and a lot of people don't want to that's so true that's so true so i'm happy that you even not only did you share you know your steps you actually went in detail so people that are going through the different things that you mentioned they'll leave with you know a message like okay or a strategy that, because I'm big on yeah. strategy, like, okay, um, so this is this is what I need to do. This is what I need to, you know, imply in my life. Well, let me so thank you that so strategy. much for sharing This is story. something I would also tell grief people who are grieving. Keep in mind, first and foremost, we're all individuals. And even though the journey's the same, it's still unique to you because you lost a different person, maybe from the other person, yeah. or you came to it in a different way. You know, for different reasons and different circumstances. So it's, it's equally the same as it is unique. So never be afraid to realize it is your journey and your journey alone and only you can travel it. And don't worry about what people may be saying about how to do it when they don't know what they're talking about. They don't get to tell you or dictate how you travel your own journey when it's yours alone. Yeah, that's so true. That's that's so true because... Um... Yeah, oftentimes we forget that uh, there's no necessarily cookie-cut structure for us to follow. We would just have to take from it what we can and implement it in our unique lives. So that's very good. That I mean, my life is pretty unique. I know very few people well. who... Most people have experienced a disability. Most people have experienced divorce. Most people at some time in another in their life have experienced a loss 
a, someone important to you they really care about or you know a death of a loved one and maybe someone has done both like divorce and disability or divorce and death or whatever pick your two but I know very few and I'm not saying there isn't someone in the world out of the 8 billion people that haven't done all three but in my sphere of personal everyday life knowledge there is no one in my life that have done all three no one so there's very few people that can tell me how to walk this journey when they don't have a clue of maybe one of those pieces but they definitely don't know the the whole piece of all three of them together (laughs) and raising kids And that just speaks to your character of how, you know, resilient you are and even how wise you are because it takes a certain amount of strength uh, mentally, physically, you know, every single alley you can think of to really go through this and still be, for the most part, great, you know? Well, like I said, I have my days, I have my moments. I mean, some days are better than others, but... This is why I go to counseling. Thank God for counseling. And I try and prepare. I mean, I I tell my counselor all the time. I don't live paycheck to paycheck. I live counseling session to counseling session. It's a good week when my house gets clean. And I'm in my therapist's office. Okay? I'm like, thank God. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) I totally understand that. I'm also very, you know strong advocate for counseling because without counseling oh, I believe counseling, my ever-loving mind I mean <laughs> right. it's, it's self-care because it's a dedicated time Literally. however you do it where you get one hour I do two two hour sessions a month where I know I get to focus on processing my journey so I can work through it so that when I'm done getting those moments of self-care and figuring me out I can continue going on being the woman and the mom I need to be for my kids because I've gotten I'm working on me and figuring my stuff out and I can be more balanced and centered and focused you know yes so can you share um where can they find you on social media where can they uh get all of my books are on amazon And then I have a website that gives you all the links to my Amazon author page, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. If you'd like me to send you that website, I can or you may already have it. Um, So those are all the things. And then one of the new things I'm looking forward to doing, although I have, I'm writing a book right now and I have a new one coming out on March 16th next week. Um, So it's going to be a busy week next week because launch week is always a busy week. Um, and I have two other books I have to write this year and about a total of nine projects to get out this year. Yes, I'm never just doing one thing. I don't know how to do one thing. Um, I'm also starting on uh, April 5th. I'll be launching or opening up a Facebook community for those who are traveling the, um, I lost my word. Sorry. Journey of grief. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll def- when you do launch it, I'll definitely put it on Instagram so that people who do listen to, listen to my podcast and are following me the the Instagram page, they will definitely be able to have see everything. And I'll also add it to the description. You, so are you talking about the website or the Facebook group community? Because I can send you the links to both. But I'm not starting everything officially on the community until April 5th because I'm doing a lot of prep work to get it ready for everybody right now. Yeah, 
I do I do have your website, so I'll definitely add that to the description for this podcast episode as well as um, put it on Instagram as well so that they'll be able to read more about you and stuff like that. Well, it's been a pleasure, yes. Michelle, for you to talk about your life. Yes. So, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me and the opportunity to share with your listeners. Definitely. So, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Growing and Growing podcast. I shall definitely talk to you guys later. Bye, Royal Family.